0: This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Douglas Lyons, we continue the conversation of the future of Broadway. We get down to some logistical questions on his writing styles, and we hit some of the harder questions and conversations surrounding the civil rights movement and what entertainment is doing about it. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Douglas Lyons, and keep on keeping on. What do you feel... And before I ask this question, I'll just, I'll preface it with theater is an interesting space. Unlike a TV show where you can pop out a brand new one weekly, a musical, it's there. You know what I mean? They don't really, there's no spinoffs of musicals. There's some merch that's sold, but it's like a two hour thing and you got to love it or not, you know, and it's going to play in this theater and the budget around it is so funky compared to a TV show where if like you have a flop episode, the rest of the season could still be good. It was just a bad episode. So we won't watch it on Netflix, but theater, though, it's so it's so funky because it's a beast, you know, when you tell a story, it's just it's hard to put my finger on it. But I wonder what you what you feel the possible future of Broadway could be. because my goodness, after this pandemic, if if we're still doing what we were doing before it, what? You know what I mean? Because I'm totally like new, new. I'm all about the
1: new. the The tricky part, and this is again, the business part of show business, is that it is a huge risk. Broadway shows are a huge risk for producers from the get-go. Yes. By the time we walk into the stage door for tech rehearsal of a Broadway show, we've been making five to six weeks worth of uh, rehearsal pay or whatever, yeah. right? Production contract. Those producers are already two, three months in the hole yeah. by the time we walk in the room, yeah. and I understand that. Like that, I'm not going to disrespect the fact that like the fact that we have jobs is always is already a risk in a Broadway space. So I think the first thing we have to talk about is the model in which theater happens, the budgets in which theater happens. Like I now write in a very economical way, like polka dots was specifically for people for a reason, because I knew that if we got it right, it could be told with, uh, you know, a lunchbox and a cube. Some lights. (laughs) Lights and hope and some glitter. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) let's tell the story. Bo is the same way. It's like, you got your actors, your instruments, some microphones, you know, the back of a pickup truck, we could tell the story, you know? And I think if we, if we care about our stories that we're telling, which is a different conversation than making money from them, we can figure out a way that it does not cost $20 million to put up a show. Thus, maybe the ticket price is not having to be so much so that producers can survive, thus allowing other folks that are not the 1% to actually come into the theater, right? It's a trickle down effect. But we have to think that way. We have to care that way. And I'm just not sure that folks care because it's like, well, if the the folks are going to show up and pay these prices and I'm going to be able to make this money, I'm just going to keep it here. And I think the entire structure of what theater is and what stories make it through, how we utilize Off-Broadway. Off-Broadway could be an incredible launching pad for new work specifically, only. Not revivals, but, like, you actually go see the new hip thing Off-Broadway knowing that, well, Broadway is just commercial. It's going to be your jukebox. It's going to be, you know, the thing, your revival. Cool. But, like, let's create a system. And I don't think theater has a system of people that care about advancing the way we tell our stories and why i'm falling in love with tv and film is because you will see a reboot every decade but there's as much as like there are established shows that stay on the air every season there's 10 to 15 that come through and with broadway we're not getting 10 to 15 new musicals we're getting maybe three to four because the other houses are you know taken by shows that are still running and then you have your revivals Revivals. (laughs)
0: Revivals. <laughs> yes. and, and,
1: and the new musicals, yeah. quote unquote, that are coming in are actually jukebox. We're not advancing, you know, the audio <laughs> world of our profession at all. Right. We're, we're not getting new scores. No. So it feels like, oh, it's a new show. But actually, the art form is not advancing. The art form is very much like mid, you know, like early 2000s to now. It, it hasn't. We're not ahead. Because our scores are behind.
0: Yeah. No, and it's staying, it's staying exactly where it was when that music came out on an album some other time that's already been enjoyed. We're just yep. playing the same record again in a different platform, streaming platform, because there's not as yep. many, you know, with Netflix, Hulu, Disney, all that stuff. I, you bring up a great point about off-Broadway, because I've heard a lot of producers say the model's broken, the model's It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't. It's too expensive. There's not enough. I To me, it kind of sounds like excuses, um, again, though, I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty of the finances behind it, but you're bringing up some really great points about new shows off Broadway. That doesn't mean that the show is worse. It doesn't mean that it's a cheaper quality. It doesn't mean that it's not, you know, Broadway standard. It's just not on those specific streets in those, you know, theater owner houses.
1: It's harder to make money unless it's a commercial production. That's the problem. It's like we could put new musicals in these non for profits um, but they're not for profit, so people are a little less interested, right? It's it's about making money. It just takes such a large risk that it's affecting the stories we tell. That it has to do with the model of how our you know um, our system works financially for the folks that are putting money into it. And in TV film, there is so much money that the risk is like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, the loss is not as much. Um, no. No. But the exposure is large.
0: Yeah, yeah, and this is a conversation I have been having with a lot of people of like the future of Broadway. I think you're right, exactly how you're writing economically, you know, four people in the pit <laughs> or the pit is on stage acting <laughs> and it's some chairs, you know, and a couple lights and a little sound system. You know, it's not, you can't do these massive things anymore because Broadway as a whole, to me, is not inclusive. You know, if you can't step into a theater unless you have $100 extra that you don't need for rent, you're not seeing the show.
1: and and that to me is the larger point is like i think part of the reason broadway is struggling right now is because our ideals have only played to a certain demographic of people that could afford it as a luxury it was not essential to them it was a luxury to them right it was not essential to the rest of the world we didn't care if that family in montana was coming to see our show like we weren't thinking about them unless we're on tour coming through their city. And so Broadway shut down right now. And guess who they're not thinking about? Us. We were not thinking about them. I think if we want the world to be affected by the stories we tell, we have to include them in the building of telling them. <laughs> like yeah. we have to, you know, if we really want them, if we want people to rally around the Broadway community in tough times when it isn't so tough, we have to think of them. Right. And I don't know that we do. Um, and for me, like another epiphany this year is like, I don't have to make it to Broadway as a writer to to feel fulfilled. like I will never forget Last summer, sitting behind this couple, it was a beau matinee at the Adirondack theater Festival, and they were passing tissues back and forth to each other. and I was like, that is all I, I want to see. Like Tony's cool, like gr- great, but like that. <laughs> that is actually the work that's actually affecting and and moving people Mm. i'm not just here to make money i I would like to be able to pay my bills right that's important hello (laughs) but i want to focus on that creating that effect and i just don't know commercially if folks are interested in that and i think that's ultimately going to be the demise of broadway because shiny lights can only last for so long if there's no heart to it
0: yeah I know, and I and I do. I don't like saying it, but uh, I'm not seeing much heart at all, really. Yeah.
1: So you know that's. And the, I think it comes up every couple of years, like come from away. Oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, sure, sure. Beautiful. And I think there's space for like strictly entertaining pieces and then more heartfelt, worldly pieces. But this year is just proof that three jukebox musicals are are options. Um, yeah. What, it it could turn into like a Disneyland. It could turn into, you know, putting on a, a Pikachu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And and yeah, and 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 again, if that's what the business wants to become, cool. But it just makes me very nervous, and it's not the the Broadway and theater that I fell in love with.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's being shaken up. I hope it lands on its feet in the right way. Mm -hmm. I do I just do um moving people you know Bo with the tissues you've you've moved audience members and I've seen on social media as of late you've moved other people to say things about your work whether they agree with it or disagree with it and I Mm -hmm. do think um and I'm gonna just and no one can see this the air quotes haters are are abounding and I'm there's no no shade no tea on them for that because that's a thought and a belief that they have for a valid reason. Otherwise, they wouldn't say it. We all believe what we're saying is true. I think we all inherently want to do the right thing. So if we speak up against someone who we think is not, we believe what we're saying. And I totally get that. And there's no, I'm not trying to like start any arguments. I do want to know with internally for you, how you have internalized those responses and what keeps you moving towards your true north in a positive way, regardless of the, the side comments.
1: It's been tricky thank god from a therapist she's hey. a great hey, she so, um it, well you know another epiphany epiphany is the word of the day yes. of this year you're not going to impress everyone you're not going to move everyone you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea but uh, a good friend of mine um on her social media she's an influencer um one day posted, whether it's good or bad, it is well within my soul. And what I have come to to realize is like, you may hate it, you may love it. But at the end of the day, if I wake up and I feel good about what story I'm trying to tell, the way I'm trying to tell it, who I'm trying to move and affect, what change I'm trying to cause, if I can go to bed with that, I'm good. It is well within my soul. And the rest of it, I can't control because there have literally been people um, there was a, a play that I did earlier this summer that became a bit of controversy, um, and from the same community, I had one person telling me, you have no right to be writing for our community, and another person telling me, thank you for writing that. That really represented me. So what am I to do with that information, and who am I to play to, right? So I had to look in the mirror and go, is is it well within your soul? Like, Did you achieve what you wanted to achieve from your heart, knowing who you are? and once i had that conversation it was like i the rest of it you know it's above me y'all y'all figure the rest out but it it's been tricky but it's also been a good lesson and like i've built up some thick skin you know to be prepared even people in the community that i've worked with that i've known you know things have been said about me and i've seen them liking the statuses. And I'm like, wow, like we've broken bread together. We've worked together. Mm -hmm. And then I've reached out to clarify like, hey, what did this mean to like no response? It's just been very interesting. And mind you, we're in COVID, so everyone's feeling what they're feeling. But it's been a very enlightening time on like protecting my space and my mind. And like, I'm such an empath and giver that I'm like, I don't know you, but you know what? Like, how are you? And like, some people will engage with you, but then when it's time for the reverse... It they're not there or they're secretly they have opinions and stuff about you so it's it's been an eye-opening year but i as long as it is well within my soul i'm good on it because i answer to a couple people my parents and myself (laughs) and my really close friends and if if they are not checking me being like listen here you know because i check in i'm never just like i know it all i'm just like is it am i am i like let me know if i'm seeing
0: it Am I not seeing it? Right. Yeah. Am I
1: not? You know, check me, boo. Like, let me know. Like, please check me. Right. And um, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if I've really done something, like, let me know. But yeah. yeah, no. It's there. There will be people who don't like your work. There will be people that don't like you for whatever reason. But can you stand on your principles and and maneuver through the world and win in your way? And everyone's not going to like the way you do it either. you know black folks are not a monolith we have different stories to tell and we will tell them in different ways and there needs to be space from black people bipoc people and white people to understand that there's going to be a variation of stories and experiences and one of us does not represent all of us so one right yeah and so and the issue though is that you know one or two get through every couple of years with their stories and i feel like there's this huge praise and like oh my god this is amazing and it's like y'all don't realize there's a lot of amazingness that you're just not letting through the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm. It. It's. It's been rough. Yeah. But. I feel tough.
0: <laughs> well, I, 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 I commend you publicly for keeping the truth marching on, because it's very easy to shrink away. That's the easier option. That's by far the easier choice is to just kind of slink away. And that's not what's happening. So I appreciate that, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I was a, <laughs> you're like, no, I wasn't an
1: raised to shrink. I mean, come on. My father would not allow me to shrink. Because you don't no need to shrink when you have your principle, when you're standing on things you really believe in. That's what I mean again. It's like, and that's why people are surprised when I get into these dialogues, these heated dialogues, because it's like, if I came for you, you're going to feel some kind of way and go away. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like every everything I've done up to now has been very, very well calculated. And so I can have a conversation with you about it. Now, folks are not ready for that conversation and dialogue back. Yeah, and absolutely. that's when we get into it because they're not ready. But no, we, we don't shrink. Like, no. then why are we here? You know, to make a difference.
0: Yeah. And there's a big difference I feel in my spirit and I think it's just the optimist in me that the civil rights movement of 2020 might actually truly change some things for the better. I mean, I'm being optimistic and I hope to God I'm right.
1: I I hope to God you are too. I watched what the constitution means to me yeah. a couple days ago. You watched have you yeah, seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just I think we've taken a huge step in civil rights awareness, but after watching that, unless these policies and loopholes change, it's hard for me to see it. Because no matter how much the people rise, if these laws were never built to protect us, there will always be a way around it. That's what scares me. And I'm not saying the civil rights movement should not continue, it absolutely should. I'm just realizing, especially with this election year, like there are so many, you know, clauses and amendments and Bill of Rights and things that like we do not, I think, as a country really understand how they were built to hurt us from the get go. And for me, I need to take a course in try to figure out how to infiltrate that system with civil rights, because I sometimes fear that the screaming in the street feels good and feels active but ultimately the people holding you know the constitution and the justices know that like how they're going to combat us based on law which is the scary part like watching that show to my mind to be like hmm Hmm, how do we go about this?
0: <laughs> new new actions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that we didn't even yeah. think were possible. Because, yeah, I'm not into politics. I don't surround myself with that as of late, though I have been. And I yeah. think in order to change the laws of this land that we live on, you have to. Because yeah. that's the governing situation here. You know, you have to yeah. change the laws, right? And what the Constitution means to me, everyone should watch it. Links will be in the bios for that. Um, get- the word ally... <laughs> Is said so much these days and that's great. It's great. I feel like it's a passive thing. I feel like a call to action or actionable things that anyone can do performers dancers writers actors whatever you do in entertainment. I feel like there are some actionable actionable actions that one could take. I'm curious and I don't mean to put you on the spot here. Is there any call to actions that come to your mind as we sit here and have this conversation within the theater community that an ally can do more than just write that on their Facebook. There's something we could do. And this could be a chit chat. Maybe this isn't an end all be all.
1: I well I I think I think there's a mixture of conversations here, which is I hold a different point of view and it gets me in trouble within my own community and how to deal with race relations. Because I'm ultimately coming from the perspective of healing. I feel like the country has spent so much time with division It doesn't look much different in the 1960s at this point. And part of the reason is America never dealt with its wound, which was slavery. Right. And so the people have been left to their own devices to try to figure it out. And we're doing such a grand job with such a grand president. It is. Oh, my goodness. It's fantastic. Swimmingly. It's going. So when people say allies like on on the BIPOC side of it there are folks that are like go read a dictionary go go look online like go google it don't talk to me and i actually think that is problematic because in this tv show i'm working on one of the things we discussed is like when you read a book about someone based on who it was written it may not actually give you the insight and the pain of that person yeah. it may give you an opinion of what it's perceived to be but you don't know and if you're sending everybody to google and we're not actually talking things out an ally can go to Google and be like, I read this book, so I completely understand, come back to you and still somehow offend you, right? Well,
0: yeah, because the first five options that pop up on Google are sponsored ads. And it'll be like, you know, it's like you don't even know what you're getting when you go in there. It's not a library. It's not a truthful, completely bipartisan, non-sided thing. It's it's completely, who has the most money will get the story to you, you know? And that's, so, sorry, continue, sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, but, but what that does is you're getting one person's perspective of you know the right way to be an ally rather than someone taking the time and I, I get it it's exhausting and and black people don't want to have to sit down and educate folks on their pain but sometimes i also think people who are really truthfully coming from the right place need to hear it from our mouths they need to see us break down they need to know that what they have done has affected us in the long term our families our communities they need to hear that because they see the human in us in that moment and i think that is where we still have not gotten in this country um and that's what i i always try to pour into my work not that like everybody's happy-go-lucky and we should just hold hands and that white people are off the hook for the past and nope that's not the case like there are reparations to be paid but what is not happening is there is not a round table of dialogue that's open that allows people to be transparent and so this and I love and hate social media, it sends people into corners yeah. because an ally might really care about Breonna Taylor, which is why they retweet for awareness for their family members who may not know or care. Yeah. But then their black friend is like, we are more than a retweet. And so then they're like, OK, well, then I don't I don't I don't I don't do. I won't I won't do anything. And then guess what happens to the conversation? It's mute. It pauses. It's frozen. Nobody's hearing each hearing each other. And then what do we do? And so I think it's very delicate. And again, there's not one way to go about it. But I come from, you know, the point of view that more conversation and less pointing of fingers is the way to go. Now, if you've had that conversation and the behavior doesn't change, then we got a problem. But this like, go research it, get out of here. Like, I've endured enough. I'm done with you white people. Is fine. But if those white people give up or the information they're getting on the other side is not correct or honest, they still might come back to you and and do wrong and do harm. So sometimes you just have to tell them and you might have to flip and you might have to let them have it. And that's OK. Yeah. Like and they should have it. And If they're a true ally, they're going to let you give it to them. Yeah. And you should be able to. And I just wish we could be vulnerable with each other. I wish you could be open and be like this when you said this thing. And this is how I've been operating all year. It's gotten me great things and problems. But like when you did X, Y and Z, it made me feel X, Y and Z. And let me know if I did the same to you. Let's talk about it. We're we not talking about it. We're still in our separate corners and aisles. And it it. Yeah. So I, I always come from a place of healing. Let's have a conversation. Let's lay it all on the table. Because if you are truly an ally, we will find a happy medium of conversation and you will understand me better and how to fight for me. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Well said. Everybody yeah. don't feel that way. But yeah.
0: that's, well that's the, beauty of the world. That's, <laughs> but that's yeah. well said. I mean, you're right. It's all about the conversation. I mean, that's why I that's why I have this show about everything. You have to talk about it. You have to talk yeah. about it. And we're so in the device that the communication of it, I mean, I can't imagine if I wasn't doing this podcast, I wouldn't be talking to many people. You know what I mean? We don't do the phone thing a lot. You you ignore phone calls, right? You don't you don't pick them up. You text. You don't <laughs> so it's like this right here and listening and talking. I'm totally in agreement.
1: I am I mean, it's how I build stories. Like polka dots was inspired from a Felicia Rashad interview I found on YouTube. You know, Bo was inspired from a concert um, at Rockwood Music Hall. A buddy of mine, it was just him and his wife and a pianist. And he was talking about growing up in Salt Lake City with his grandfather. And I was like, hmm, in this form, I felt like I just fell in love with his grandfather. And I, he just told me a story. Hmm, could that be a musical? It came from, conver- inspiration comes from conversation. And I think healing can do the same. But we got to be open to it. And, I, and understandably so, the generations that you know are coming up right now have inherited such pain and such trauma from the past that was not dealt with that they're like i'm done like i've seen my ancestors go through it i don't want to talk to anybody about it and i it's like me not wanting to see any more you know uh traumatic stories of black women crying on stage or screen i don't want i just i'm good on that like oh, I, <laughs> I i i get that trauma but we also if nobody talks about it we will li- the the generational curse will continue and we will not heal it. Thank you
0: for sharing that and I'm going to change sure. gears here. I want to I want I what you're saying is just so it's so it is very profound and powerful and I think it's going to help a lot of listeners understand more on everything. I want to continue on to I want to continue on to positivity. And is there a piece of advice you would give to someone who's in their 20s right now during this pandemic who's struggling to stay positive and struggling to, quote unquote, produce if they feel they need to create something or do, just do, because we can't do, we can't dance, we can't perform. You know, that's not happening right now. Is there any advice that you would offer up to anyone listening who's going through that struggle?
1: Find your tribe. Because leaning on people and having a small group of folks you know you can call when times are tough is essential. Um, I've definitely found that in COVID. Um, Write down what you want. Write down what you're capable of beyond what you've known if you're a performer. Um, I know a lot of folks that have.
0: You just said something great. You said that real quick too. Write down something you're capable of beyond what you know you said something like yeah,
1: that what, yeah what you've known yeah That's so beautiful like, yes well quote quote the quote uh my quote for that was 9.99 um you can send the check to uh, <laughs> yes venmo uh. <laughs> um, right. no but it's important to like if we no. are indeed artists even if we stay in the same profession our entire life we are transforming daily we are emerging daily and so It's a challenge like I I have had the blessing of falling back on the writing because I had already I mean my father it's funny my father's like you'll start here and then you know years from now it might be completely different you don't know where life's gonna take you you know and he's he's right in that we are a pool of talents we all and our personalities bring something to this table that we may not recognize you know a friend of mine that I did a show with in 2008 she's an influencer on Instagram and it is not a joke. She's getting sent bags, products, every day. She don't have to pay for it, anything. And I'm like, girl, right? And she's still an actress, and she's a mother, and she's, you know, juggling all the different balls. But I'm I'm amazed because her personality, her light shines through in any medium. And so I think, you know, for some actors, voiceover was something that I started getting into. Um I was very close to booking things right as COVID started, but it had taken a year and a half. That is something to definitely try to to get involved with. Uh, The easier way to make money, and if you can figure out your voice, that's definitely an option. Writing, tribe, using this time to dig into yourself, like therapy, looking in the mirror. It's a daily struggle for me just being like, okay, how do we love ourselves today? How do we take care of ourselves today? This is time to do the work on you. Um, and I understand you need to pay your bills. I get that, too. Yeah. But also use this moment, if you can, to do the work on you. Because I think when we were not in COVID, we were so distracted that we were just, you know, living on fumes. Yeah. And I think now is time to really break our world open and dig deeper so that we can be our better selves. Like, find who you are beyond your job like what is your joy beyond your job and i think as actors and performers it's very hard you know it's it's linked because we use our temple to tell our stories um but i've been trying to learn how to detach myself a little bit and go great so what does doug want you know and then how is he going to get it Mm -hmm. yeah without yeah not with like well what do i want for my career yeah 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 yeah. what am i am i what am i booking like what what casting director no 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 that Put on that hat, put on that hat, but like, what do you want for breakfast? Let's start there. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Without what you think other people think that you should have and all that other exterior stuff. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Uh, Logistics, real quick, before we wrap up here, I am curious any standout methods of operations or anything that comes to mind in terms of your writing logistically? on what you've learned in terms of storytelling, time of day of writing, what mind space you're in before you start writing. Um, does anything come to, just any like the nitty gritty, it can be considered boring information that you've learned?
1: I prefer silence. Um, so I'm at this p- point in COVID where like, uh, a car horn is will kill me. Like uh, hearing noises <laughs> around me is like, it's taking me out. Like I'm actually looking at places to go. Um, Silence. I I act with myself. So there's a certain um, scansion to these lines that, like scansion to these lines. That is a, that's a rhythm in itself. And like finding out the rhythm of the line is as important as the line that's being said. Not something that I paid attention to previously, but now it could be like one word off. And you can just tell because you want to make sure that by the time it lands in the mouth of an actor, it feels good. Um, so that's a technical thing I typically write during the day I don't write at night Um, I yeah usually I write during the day Um, and one little technique I use is if there's 10 characters in the play you ask them all the same question and you have to know how they would answer it differently in their voice so like in Chicken and Biscuits um (laughs) which is a story about two sisters who are burying their father to find out that he had a child out of wedlock and she shows up at the funeral. That's chicken and biscuits. Um, if I were to ask Bonita, how are those, how do you feel in those heels? She would say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm pressing on there. They're, uh, I'm, I'm making it through. Um, and Beverly would say, girl, my bunion is screaming, right? <laughs> so I know that. Right. And that's the personalities. And if you can go through your script and answer one question, the same question with all your characters, and really know their different voices. I think you're on a good roadmap.
0: That's great. That's re- that's exactly what I was looking for. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, Bam. Have you? Um, I know we talked about what the Constitution means to me. Is there anything else that comes to mind in terms of favorite books, other documentaries you've loved as of late, movies, plays, uh, yes. audio books?
1: Watch um, the 40 year old version on Netflix. It is epic. It is 40 year old version. Play- version not version um it's about a black playwright turned screenwriter director an actor uh and her experience in the american theater it is beautifully done i think it's going to win all the things it was very inspiring for me it was truthful vulnerable and um yeah i would start with that uh what else have i been watching it all blends together right <laughs> it all blends together I, I watched a bit of ratchet i didn't get through all that Schitt's Creek. Shits oh yeah they're like thank you with regards did you watch that yeah. the, i was a, i was a sobbing mess and i was a sobbing mess because again when i talk about those two audience members sharing tissue you got to see how the world was built of Shits creek and how like um, Catherine O'Hara built that character with the wigs and the accent and like the casting of it. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Being reminded of like being creative, seeing literally creation happen in front of you that it got me. It got me good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking this time. I love talking to you. This has been, it's been over a year, I think, since we talked
1: last. I mean more than a year because we hadn't even announced five points, I think. when I, It might have been 2018 when I sat down with you. Jeez, two years Brian? ago.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, five points wasn't even – that was upcoming
1: then. Yeah, that was, I, keep I keep forgetting about-
0: last year happened. I keep forgetting like February, January, that whole like year, that winter. I don't remember it. You know. Uh, <laughs> uh but thank you. I hope I hope we can do another one of these, you know, part three, part four, part five. We can keep this a regular thing. Touch him with Douglas Lyons, see where he's going in the world. Um <laughs> uh, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to
1: mind? Hope. Hope. Hold on to it. Um I've in all honesty, I've been having a tough time holding on to it, but that's all we got because the moment we let that go, we're demolished. So hope, like find it, find who gives it to you, and give it to people, and I think we'll be all a little bit better for it. so and
0: yeah. I do I do think it's contagious, like any yeah. other feeling, negative or positive? Yeah, the more you
1: give it, the more you get it. Yeah, it's like and and learning to be a light like be a light, carry that hope and be honest when you need a moment to break down and let yourself break down. But like, get back up and like, keep going, you know? Um, Because, oh, it's so interesting that you said that like people want you to stop. People want you, they want to conquer you and we never can give them that satisfaction.
0: No, no. So I love it. Love you. This is great. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add before we end it?
1: no um, look up our musicals I mean look look up lines com. buy sheet music uh drink your water um, wear a mask and wear vote, mask
0: and that? vote. <laughs> that's great yes and I agree with all of it so thank you so much <laughs> Douglas absolutely ladies and gentlemen boys and girls Douglas Lyons